Hey there, welcome to Short and Sweet Parenting Tips. This is my COVID-19 pre-launch special number five called Playing Mind Games. I sincerely hope you're finding your stride and or sanity, my friends. As for me, the moment I think I'm starting to find my stride, a weekend comes and throws me off. And today, I think I left my sanity at the grocery store. I just can't think with that mask on, and then grocery shopping takes me twice as long. And don't even get me started on whether or not to quarantine groceries. <sighs> Based on my own ranting about grocery shopping, I obviously need a refresher course on what we're going to talk about today, too. Turning mind games around to work to our advantage instead of us falling victim to them. So let's all look at this together. This all started last month when we had a virtual guest speaker at my Mothers of Preschoolers group, and she compared this season of social distancing to her husband's deployment. A deployment is a long-term military duty away from home that sometimes leaves families isolated in cities that they're unfamiliar with. After the meeting, some of us were discussing this in a group text, and I shared some of my own tactics that I developed during Robbie's one-year deployment. As I relived the lessons I learned in the trenches, I realized that these tips can help more than just that small group of ladies. So I'm passing on methods I discovered to flip my thinking or play games with my mind. It's likely that we've all experienced our minds playing tricks on us during times of great stress or anxiousness. We see or hear something that's not there. We perceive that someone said or did something to peeve us on purpose. Our brain is a powerful tool, and I believe there are simple methods to use it to our advantage instead of letting it sabotage our thoughts and feelings. I had to learn these mind games the hard way during Robbie's deployment, but I hope that you take advantage of them free of charge in this podcast. I learned my first mind game the very day Robbie left. I was so overwhelmed with how many days were still left in the countdown that it felt as if the weight of those 365 days would suffocate me. It was almost a matter of survival to get out from under those oppressive thoughts. So I made a conscious decision to not focus on the next 364 days. This mind game is to only look at today. I would ask myself, what absolutely must get done today? What did the kids need? How was I feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, so that I knew how much, if any, margin I had in each of those areas? So I suggest we all borrow the mindset of that feisty Southern Belle, Scarlett O'Hara, and think about it tomorrow. This actually has two angles, both of which really apply to the pandemic. One is that you let go of issues that don't require your immediate time and attention have a no-tolerance policy for things that are not urgent. File it until tomorrow. Second are those worries that we literally can do nothing about. They swirl around in our heads and take up brain power. But if we step back and look at them honestly and objectively, we recognize that they have no real solution that we can act on today, tomorrow, or maybe even next week. Now for this next tip, I'm reluctant to call it a mind game because it is a proven method to change the way your brain thinks and makes decisions. It is gratitude. 
Having a spirit of gratitude is not an overnight cure or a one-and-done thing. It is a practice, a habit. The summer Robbie left was particularly difficult. It was so sad for me because my heart ached for the time he would miss with my daughters. I recognized that I needed some perspective. So I took out a piece of lined paper and numbered it one to a hundred. I sat down and tried to write a hundred things I was thankful for. Sure, I included frivolous things like cute shoes and coffee. I didn't want to overthink it. I just wanted to do a brain dump because the point was for me to think thankfully. Actually, I ended up turning over the paper and continuing on the back once I got started. Gratitude journaling takes this to the next level, and there are tons of ideas and prompts to get you started. I think what's really valuable is to do an exercise in the morning just to start your mindset in the right direction, and then in the evening revisit the same exercise, bringing a whole nother day's perspective with you. I have resources on my Facebook page, including an A to Z gratitude list and some related exercise if you want to check those out. Possibly you're thinking, gratitude schmatitude. Or maybe you feel like you're an extremely grateful person and you don't need an exercise to prove it. Well, I'll tell you, there have been numerous studies on how beneficial written gratitude is. One study that stood out to me in particular was done at Indiana University by Joel Wong and Joshua Brown in 2017. I'll include the link to the actual study on the Short and Sweet Tips Facebook page. I'm going to try to do a quick summary here. Participants who wrote gratitude letters once a week for three weeks, even if they never mailed it, reported better mental health than their control group buddies. This benefit extended long after they finished writing their letters. Results were not immediate, though. They showed up long-term not the day they wrote the letter or even that same week. In that same study, they had a three-month follow-up when they scanned the brains of those who wrote gratitude letters and those in the control group. You'll never believe this. The grateful brains showed more activity in the part of the brain associated with learning and decision-making. Did everyone hear that? Does being grateful really improve your decision-making? Wouldn't that be cool? Like, give me some of that. Because decision-making around here nowadays, it's pretty hit and miss. So I'd love for you to try one of these gratitude methods and let me know on Facebook how it went. Maybe make an incentive for yourself because this becoming a habit is critical because it's really the long-term benefits you're after and, of course, the better decision-making. Alrighty, one more bonus trickarooski. Ready for it? Help someone else. Look outside of your household routines and demands and find a way to serve an individual or a cause. This doesn't have to be a big grand gesture. I recognize that during this pandemic, we all have minimum outreach potential. While Robbie was deployed, Brooke was three and Katie was eight. But once I started paying attention to the needs around me, I found unexpected ways that the three of us could serve. We did so many interesting, strange, small things to help people. But even small things can be impactful. Just to share a few examples of what we did, we helped paint a renovated community building. We didn't make a lot of progress between the three of us, that was for sure. 
but we showed up and contributed and got covered with paint. (laughs) Several times we bought groceries for a family whose house had been destroyed by black mold and they had no insurance. We also had the opportunity to help a single mom who broke her foot. She still had to work, so we took our eating out money and rented a little knee scooter for her. To tell you the truth, these were major blessings to our little family, hopefully to those we helped also, but it was such a blessing to us. Actually, I'd love to get the chance to do a COVID-19 episode on volunteering, especially with your kids. So to close out, I invite you to try one or two of these methods to encourage your own brain to feel content, grateful, and giving instead of your mind playing games on you and making you feel anxious, myopic, and frantic. First, don't take on every possible problem and scenario that may enter your head. Regularly ask yourself what absolutely must be done today, and laundry doesn't count. Another vital tool is habitually practicing gratitude. Last but certainly not least, help someone or make a difference in the world around you. Definitely be on the lookout for an episode on that topic. Of course, once again, the most important thing is to maintain a positive attitude because that is what's contagious. Anyway, that wraps up this short and sweet parenting tip. I sure hope it was sweet because I know it was really heavy. I really didn't intend on these podcasts to be so deep. I really just wanted short and sweet podcasts. But just talking to all of you, I know what we're struggling with, and it is the deeper stuff. Hopefully, my next few topics will be more lighthearted. I plan to cover establishing chores with your kids and a homeschooling Q&A, plus, of course, the volunteer opportunities during this pandemic. Catch you guys next week.